Okay, welcome to season two. It's season two of Laws and Grace. Who thought we'd make it this far? We Not didn't, <laughs> but actually you guys probably did because you guys believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. There's probably some truth to that. And we appreciate that a lot. Um, so thank you for um, getting us here. Well, I did send you apparently in a, like an old journal I wrote that I had a goal to make 100 episodes of a podcast. I think I made this like a couple years ago. So at the end of the season two, we'll be at 40. So we're, yeah. we're just going to have to yeah. go all the way to 100. Yeah, so I think we're, we're like a fourth of the way there as of today, right? We've probably recorded 25 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Dream big, friends. <laughs> quarter of the way there. <laughs> no, now I've I've actually started writing that down when I'm like making goals. I've, I've You inspired me to write 100 episodes of a podcast. So now we have to do it. Now we have um, to. We're not going anywhere, folks. But yeah. to uh, start off season two. We got a special episode, guys, for you. A special guest. We have a special guest, like every week. But this guest is extra special. (laughs) Because this week, we're getting to know all about Laws. Lauren Laws. (laughs) Lauren Laws. If you didn't know, that's her first name. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to try to do a bio. Okay. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay. So, Lauren Laws is a... Capricorn. <laughs> Just kidding, I have no idea. Capricorn moon. Okay. I learned recently, yeah. So Gemini, Gemini. is the main one, okay. but then the next one is Capricorn. And then Leo rising, so. Dang. I was not as far off as I thought it would be. Oh. Um, she hails from Oregon, Salem, Oregon. She played the trombone in high school and is a Grammy Award winning trombone player. See her... Uh, Which everyone just learned. Her, yeah, her stand-up video for that. Um, you studied film. Yes. You, gosh, this I feel like this is really like <laughs> testing. <laughs> this is like really testing me. <laughs> All right, they're going to get to know more That's as true. we go. <laughs> Lauren, is there anything you'd like to add to that bio? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, being a Grammy Award winner is my most significant achievement to date um (laughs) (laughs) not true now that's me um yeah we're just excited to get to know me (laughs) well okay so one of the things like two I feel like two purposes we wanted to start the season off kind of doing an in-depth episode with Lauren and then an in-depth episode with me because um we've had kind of people say you know, like we've kind of alluded to some things, like as we talk about things that maybe our listeners like really don't know us. But we also wanted to be continue to be vulnerable with you guys and share our stories to kind of help with that connection idea, right? Of like, yeah, you guys connecting with us and us connecting with our audience. Um, it's kind of only fair that we right. <laughs> we do our episodes. Okay. Also, I was like, let's sit on these chairs because they're not loud, but. Are they squeaky? This one is. It's Ikea, so it's like I built it myself. Well, I have a half eaten <laughs> chocolate bar that I keep trying to grab, no. but then I'm like, I'm going to be chewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so get to know. You're going to get to know me in this episode and Grace in the next episode. Okay, so ask me anything. All right. So for your 32, 32 birthday, your th- 32. 32nd birthday, 
you set a goal that you wanted to fail more. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about this. So um, I, every time my birthday rolls around, I'm like, I'm going to do all these things. And my, I think it was my 29th birthday. It was either, yeah, I think it was leading into my 30th birthday. I was like, I am going to do, it was like 30 by 30. So I, it was 30 things. And then it was like, do this thing for 30 minutes, write 30 songs. Like it was like insane amount of stuff. It's like write a 30 minute show and 30 songs and on and on, like try 30 new things and on and on. And I, I obviously didn't do any of them (laughs) because I and I think I've lived my whole life this way where I'm like it's sort of all or nothing kind of person and it's like you know whether it's a birthday or the beginning of the year I'm like I'm gonna do such and such thing every single day or I'm going to finish an entire novel or this or that and um this time I was like you know what I can do I can fail at things (laughs) But honestly, I uh, have been working a lot on this idea of perfectionism, which I did not think I was a perfectionist. Maybe some people who know me are going to laugh, but I've always, I feel like, been more, like, laid back about, like, when I think of a perfectionist, I think of, like, Paris Geller in Gilmore Girls, where she's (laughs) like, gotta get into Harvard, gotta do all these things, and growing up, I didn't really have, like, that kind of ambition, so I I just like you know wanted to do fun things and creative things and so it wasn't until I was kind of like working with a therapist and reading some Brene Brown stuff um and other things that I've kind of encountered recent in recent years that I was like oh perfectionism isn't just like if I don't get 100% on a test I'm gonna be mad because I wasn't I was maybe a little bit like that but not a lot it's this whole idea of like I can't do things unless, for me, it's like, I can't do something unless everybody's going to like it. It's going to change the world in a very big way. It's going to, you know, like, I keep having these conversations with my therapist where I'm like, well, if I'm doing something that doesn't matter, um, you know, I can't do things that don't matter. I'm, I'm here for a purpose I have to change the world on and on and on um and so that's like sort of this element of perfectionism and she made the connection for me between perfectionism and procrastination and she was like if you don't finish something if you don't put something out in the world it can't be criticized and so if my like big fear in life is being criticized or not doing enough then I'm gonna just not do things and that's why you know I always have these like oh why can't I finish things why can't I finish things like I have like ADHD which I probably do but like I have you know um I'm too busy I'm not busy enough like all these things that I was like trying to find reasons why I like would start things and not finish things um and it really just came down to fear of, and it's not even fear of failure for me so much as it's fear of like exposure. Um, so I decided I needed to do things. I took it from the approach of rejections because I wanted to do things 
like I have to finish something to submit it to this thing. And so that means one, finishing it, and two, somebody's going to say if it's good or not. Right. And that's where the rejection comes in. And uh, so my birthday was about six months ago, actually, almost exactly. So we're at a halfway point. This is a good time nice. to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> the the, the follow-up. <laughs> yeah, when this airs, will be a little bit further. But um, it's kind of been amazing to see how it's developed into these kind of um well another I guess another thing with the rejection was I saw this girl on TikTok try and get rejected every day um as part of this sort of like rejection therapy but she would like go to Chipotle and ask for free guacamole or she went to like a store and was like can I say something over the intercom and I'm like are you serious (laughs) and so I'm like those things are funny and interesting but I'm like ultimately you are asking of somebody else you know okay and I was like this is more of like a social thing and I was like for me it's such an internal thing I wanted it to be things that matter to me so I am a writer I was like it has to be include writing I'm an artist in different ways and different things and so I was like I'm gonna do less things so that's why I went with 32 instead of like 365 (laughs) I'm like I'm gonna do less things but try and make them more significant things and things and I was like the stakes have to be higher for me because I'm like if I go to Chipotle and I ask for guacamole and they say no I'm gonna be like okay but if I put a lot of work into a project and submit it somewhere and gets rejected, then I'm like, oh, this is like several steps of things we're overcoming instead of just one social interaction. Did that feel more overwhelming? Um, I mean, it pushed you obviously more, but... Yeah, well, it was more in- intentional. I feel like um, you can do things just to do them. And they make a good TikTok. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, I don't, th- I mean, I don't doubt that that girl is learning things too. Um, but for me, it was like, I got to freaking finish some projects. Like I've, I've been working on some of these projects for years and, you know, 32 is like, okay. Like I, um, you know, 30 is like kind of fun. And then 31, it was like a pandemic, so like, <laughs> nobody can judge me for what I am or I'm not doing. We're still in a pandemic, but um, I was just like, it was kind of like this, I think I should grow up a little bit. Um, and I mean, I don't know, I've just like been through like a lot of experiences where I like cared so much what other people think about me and then I like swung the other way where I was like I'm not gonna care what anybody thinks and so now I'm like how can I just like (laughs) do things and put them out there for people so you know it's like you don't want to be like well I don't care what anybody thinks because I'm like you are putting things out there for people but not care so much because like a little bit of background is you know I got divorced four years ago I got um I had some, like, situations when I was at BYU in film school where I just felt like I wasn't good enough. Obviously, when you get divorced, you don't feel like you're good enough. We already did an episode on that. I (laughs) had work situations where I just felt like I wasn't good enough no matter what. I was 
And so I kept trying to put my value in different, like if I produce enough content, will these people appreciate me? If I do exactly what they say, will they appreciate me? If I try and be perfect, which I have done in relationships, like, well, maybe if I'm perfect, they won't leave or whatever, you know? And, and right. so kind of had these like repeat moments where it was like, uh, I'm just scrambling to not get rejected by people that I care about and so then when I say I need to like grow up a little bit I feel like I need to grow into myself like I like that who you know how can I because ultimately all these people did leave you know despite how much I tried and so then I was like at the end of the day who are you left with (laughs) yourself yourself (laughs) and that's happened enough times now that it's like I've had these moments where I'm like literally left by myself. And so I'm like, we got to learn how to enjoy ourselves, and we got to learn how to make things for ourselves, for myself. Um, I need to learn how to make things for myself that I'm happy with and then comfortable enough that I put them out in the world to be rejected or accepted as they are. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things on your list. Yeah. What, what, um, I know you've accomplished some already, but yeah, let's walk through a few that you've. Yeah. I've been trying to document it, but it's it's honestly taken on a life of its own. And it's become this thing where, um, I just have been like opportunities will come up and I'll be like, you have to submit to this thing or you have to say yes to this thing because that's what you do now. Like that's what I'm doing now. Is I'm my my hobby is trying to do new things or or fail or get rejected. It's kind of expanded to like getting rejected, failing, just trying something I've never done before. So, did you actually have a list of 32 things or did you go into no. it saying I'm going to document? Yeah, 32. no. I had a few things. So the very first thing I did was well, okay, this one's cheating because I actually had done this before, but this was kind of what I was like, you know, I, I got to do this. Um, I submitted a piece to the New York Times, um, Modern Love, uh, which they now have made a show about. But I used to read the article all the time before the show. I'm funny that the show came out. Now I don't read the article as much. But um, so I, they do these, like, modern love stories, and it's just people tell their stories, and so and they're a little bit shorter whatever. So... I submitted that, and then the day after my birthday, I think, or the day after I decided to do this, I got a rejection letter from them. <laughs> so that was my first rejection. Um, I should say, too, so on my 32nd birthday, I'm sitting there with my friend, Marielle, who works at the Springville Art Museum, and we're talking about, um, which Springville is just a city away from me. Um, they, She was like, yeah, we do these art shows and anyone can submit stuff. And I was like, anyone? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to paint something and submit it because I I should just do it because, like, what if, right? And so that was, like, literally on my birthday having that conversation, and that's kind of what got the ball rolling. Um, One thing, uh, so in July, my friend Tess um, sent me this thing that was, like, they need MCs for the local 4th of July parade. And now the Provo Parade on 4th of July is, it's like high school bands and it's pretty big. all this stuff. It's like in local politicians, but the crowd, 
like the, my first few years of Provo, I was like the the crowds, people camp out the night before yeah. and all this stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is like a big deal. And then I watched it and I was like, well, this is just like a normal city parade. Yeah, yeah. But it is not, there's something beyond normal here. Provo just goes hard for 4th of July and this parade is included in like Well, the they, they do festivities. like a, yeah, they have yeah. like a huge like three-day festival, but yeah. So just to give some context, it's a small parade, but it's a big deal. Right. <laughs> they needed MCs for the parade. Because they have different stations throughout the parade where people are announcing things. So, you know, every few blocks. So there's like 13 or 11, I can't remember, people throughout the parade. So they need like a lot of people to do the announcements. And me and my friend Tess were like, there's probably like some kind of screening because they like give you a mic and like (laughs) they don't want you to say whatever random stuff. Well, they, uh, it like accepted us immediately. (laughs) So we... You don't have to like audition. No, like literally, it was just like, okay, you'll work. You'll work. Yeah. You have vocal cords. You'll work. And then we're like, what have we done? Because because we had to get up at like five a.m. Because there's a there's also a marathon before, and they close down the streets, and people are camping out. So we like had to get there early to make sure people didn't like mess with the equipment and stuff. And and so that the we were at the first stop, so we were the first place they dropped off speakers and the sound system. And we were, like, so grumpy in the morning. We're like, why are we doing this stupid thing? <laughs> it's so early. But then we, like, you know, we had our playlist that was – and we had to make our own playlist, too. And we're like, hopefully this is kid-friendly. <laughs> and we didn't realize that they say damn in Hairspray. So one of the first songs we play is, like – we're like, Hairspray's safe. Like, um, you know, musicals, Disney and stuff. But, no, that – we're like, we don't think anybody heard. But um, – <laughs> so but one of the, it ended up being really fun and like in between there oh also there's a pre-parade and then a parade so in between the two we were playing all these songs and for kids and they're like dancing in the street and stuff and this like um I think she was probably somebody's grandma came up afterwards and was like that part with the kids dancing that was the best part of the whole parade oh. <gasps> and so Tessa and I are looking at each other like we saved the 4th of July. Like we <laughs> like we are the like Santa equivalent of this for the like we were the best part of the, you know, we're like feeling really good about ourselves. And we we had some fun when we were emceeing too. We like made jokes that were hopefully subtle enough that um you know, people who got them got them and people who didn't didn't. But um yeah, and then we're like, we were, it was a long time, it was like six hours or whatever by the time it was done. But uh, we were like, yeah, maybe we would do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, so that was a, that was a failure that actually. So that we did, so that I didn't get it rejected. Like, I was like, oh, maybe this, they'll re- reject me. And that was one of the first things that I was like, okay, let's like get some rejections in here. Um, other things I've done, I have like. I applied to a couple dating shows, not The Bachelor. I was going to say, wait, though. I don't know details. Pride, there was a NBC, uh, what's it called? Peacock is doing a Pride and Prejudice dating show. What? And it was going to be the first season. And I was like, you know what? I'm all about that because here's the thing. I was like, then they can't like make me wear a bikini or whatever in a hot tub. You know, The Bachelor is just all like bikini and hot tubs yeah. and beaches. And I was like, Pride and Prejudice. Wait, how does this work? You like dress up and like... It has the attire. Like, I I never heard back. So is there like a Mr. Do Darcy you, and like? I mean, I'm dying to know, but I I, I never heard back, and so um, I'm, I'm I'm assuming it. Film, it was supposed to film in August, so I haven't heard anything about it since the huh. casting call went out. What did you have to do for your audition? Oh my gosh, I made a TikTok about it. It was 
it's so uh embarrassing <laughs> I, can't I had to like say one of the questions was like what would your friends and family say about your dating life and I'm like I don't even want to know <laughs> and then you you could only do a 20 second video and I was 20 just seconds like, yeah so I'm like hi the funny thing is I'm, I'm like joking answering it and then when I do the video I like randomly got really sincere I was like well you know, I've tried dating a lot of different ways and I just think that like anything is possible and blah, blah, blah. And then I turned, I was like, who was that? <laughs> but I was like, and I wasn't faking it. I like honestly got really earnest and I was like, maybe this is where, you know, like a Pride and Prejudice <laughs> dating show. I also was hoping it was like shooting in England or something. I just wanted to like get out. Well, yeah, you they were, said you had to have a passport. So you? I went and expedited my passport just in case. Just to apply? Yeah. Never well, the that. question is, would you have been there for the right reasons, Lauren? Yeah, no, I really was. I got into <laughs> it that fast. And that's what makes me think that if I went on a dating show, I would get invested. Even if I went and being like, oh, just doing it for fun or whatever, I would be like, I would either get into the competitive side of it, like, no, I'm going to win this person's affection, <laughs> yeah. or I would legitimately, I mean, I have a bad habit of falling in love with like just about anyone. So <laughs> I think uh i think it would be really easy to get right like wrapped up in one of those shows yeah absolutely. like we make fun of people but i like am like no i i would i would be one of those people well confessional i uh i auditioned to be on the bachelor one time nice so. i actually did too like up in salt lake yeah when they did the yeah. live went yeah. to the whole the whole thing they did like your hair and makeup pulled you in the room <laughs> and like interviewed in front of a camera yeah all i got out of it was a pen that says the bachelor on it yeah <laughs> All right, so you auditioned for some dating shows. What else? Yeah, I did do the painting thing. I did submit the painting to the uh, museum and got rejected there. Um, That was really good for me because I realized I don't do things for fun. Like, I'm like, Hmm. people have hobbies, you know, or like people will do these like art night, paint night things, or they'll be like, yeah, let's just sit down and craft. And I can never do it because I'm like, I think I was like, well, I'm creative, so everything I need to do, everything I do needs to be creative and needs to look cool, and I, like, I mean, I'll, like, doodle and do stuff like that, but I, like, for some reason, like, painting or, like, anything like that was always, like, such a block for me, Um, but my friend Whitney, who's an amazing graphic designer, let me come to her house, and she helped me, and I also told myself I'm not going to buy stuff because... I have started too many hobbies, not finished them, buy all this stuff. <laughs> so I, I wanted to paint with nail polish because I have, like, all this leftover nail polish because mm. you never use up a whole yeah, tube yeah, of yeah. nail polish, right? And I decided to paint it on a mirror because I went to, like... Oh, that's the thing. I went to DI to look for a canvas, like a thrifted canvas. Um, and I ended up getting this giant mirror instead. I'm like, how cool would it be to paint a mirror? And then I didn't paint that giant mirror because I was smart. I painted a smaller mirror <laughs> that I already had. So only roundabout ways to get to this. But, yeah, my friend Whitney, like, talked me through it. And she it's so funny because I would just be, like, freaking out for no reason. I was like, ah, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. But it's like I did it and it was fine. And the theme was, like, divinity. And um, so I did this, like, hand reaching down from the clouds. And then I left part of the mirror open. So it's like... And then I made, like, a joke, like, I hope people see themselves in my art because I left <laughs> part of the mirror open. But I I did submit that painting to the museum and got rejected. 
what was interesting is after I submitted a painting to the museum, my roommate was like, do you want to come to this paint night? You know, it's like Bob Ross style, like, um, actually shout out to paint with Caleb. He's, he was excellent, but, um, you go and he shows you a painting and he tells you kind of how to do it. Um, and former me was always like heck no to those things i'm like i do not like one i don't like following instructions (laughs) two i just was like no because it never it's like to me those are the worst things because they show you what it should look like and then you're not able to achieve it (laughs) i stress out so much about getting it to look like that that i can't enjoy it yes but so what i did this time is I was like, I know this isn't going to turn out how I, how he's showing me. So I'm going to try and make something that I like. And I just feel like because I've been doing all these things, I have this like new like zen attitude of life of like, you know, <laughs> it's like I think a lot of people have probably figured this out at this point in their lives, but it's like the harder you try to be perfect, you like mess up more. Yeah. It's like, I, like, when I try really hard to do something the way I think somebody else wants or what I think is, like, exactly right, it's like I mess up because then I, like, forget smaller things or I, you know, it's like you're focusing on one thing, you can't think about the bigger picture. And so when, and it was like a tree and the leaves are, like, falling off of it and stuff and I just, you know, I used, like, bigger strokes or whatever and I was just, like, I'm going to do it this way. And then I was, like, happy with how it turned out. Um, and it didn't look like the original, but I was, like, yeah, that's good enough. And then the best part of that story is I wanted to get some cheese bread from the place next door. <laughs> and we finished, like, five minutes before it closed. I ran over there with my painting, which I should have just left but, but with my roommate. But I ran over there with my painting. And I was, like, I know you're about to close, but I just want some cheese bread. And... She gave me extra cheese bread because they were closing. And she nice. complimented she complimented my painting. <laughs> you had your painting like in hand as yes. you're at the, ca- at the cash register. <laughs> so I was like I was like, I don't I know how to well, I was like, no, yeah, there's like this place next door. <laughs> and I just anyway, so extra cheese bread. Nice. Which then I didn't end up eating because I got sick like the next day, but I mean, I ate some, but not all the extra ones. That sounds good. I'm hungry. Yeah. So, um, so that's where I'm like, okay, well, doing that paint night wasn't like a rejection, but it's like I straight up would have said no to that a year ago. Right. You know, I've been like, eh, go with someone else. <laughs> well, and it kind of goes back to like what you're saying about that fear of like not being able to do it perfect or putting something yeah. out there that could be criticized. This is kind of something that you normally would have said no, but now through some of these experiences, you're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Yeah. So I've also been posting about it online, um, on TikTok on, so TikTok is like strangers. (laughs) And then I've been posting it on Instagram, which is people I know. Um, and I have had a lot of people be like, this is inspiring me. I want to do something similar. When I posted it on TikTok, um, a woman, who was 40 was like, I want to do 40 things. Like, or she was about to turn 40 or something. Um, and, and that happened pretty soon after I posted about it. And I was like, 
well, that's kind of cool if I can have this, like, little influence on people to, like, it's the best kind of influence, too, because I'm, like, it's just um, encouraging people to do the things they want to do. Yeah. And that's, at least, that's the feedback I've been getting, and also that's what I hope people would do, Um, you know, and then they go and do it, and they get more followers than me, and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) A little better. Is it? Um, But then, um, and then on, on Instagram with it being people I know, it's been like really, uh, important for me to feel that need. Like I said, I do have this need to like make a difference and to do good. Um, and it's just really nice to, uh, to know that I'm like, helping people in my circle because I really like people are really important to me and I like I I don't want to be like a social media influencer but I do like the idea of having a community of people where we encourage each other to do stuff it's like influencer gets this like ugh, like yeah posting tons of photos of your outfits and exploiting your kids and you know whatever else influencers are doing (laughs) And, and, you know, there's this, like, fakeness to influencers. And so I, like, am always, like, well, I don't want to do – I don't want to be an influencer because I don't want to be fake. But those things aren't mutually exclusive. Right. Well, and I think, too, like, at the end of the day, we want to have a positive influence on those that we love, right? Yeah. And so, like, I mean, at least I do. I would hope others do as well. Mm -hmm. But you don't want – that, that influence could be good or bad. There's yeah. that, that risk of, like, you never really know. So, I, mean, I was just thinking about... Yeah, you have influence through whether... As a creative, right? Like, you're always putting stuff out there. You, like, want it to impact them. But at the same time, <laughs> there's risk of them not liking it or of them... You're vulnerable with Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and, you know... I guess I guess what I'm saying is, like, to be... Influ- we all want to have an influence... But it, it, in order for it to truly be influential, it needs to be sincere. Yeah. And that's vulnerable. Or it's yeah. easy to post, like, an ad on, like, your Instagram. Be like, oh, yeah. look at this jacket and then influence people yeah. to buy it. But true but, influencers, yeah. we all influence people in some regard. Well, that's the thing. If you're authentic. People, well, what people don't realize is with social media, everyone is an influencer. It's just how big your audience is. Right, right. Because it's like, yeah, when somebody posts something, I take it into consideration. You know, any post I look at. And even more so when it's from somebody that I think I trust, you know, somebody I know has some kind of credibility for me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting to sort of have a thing too. Like, oh, this is a thing I'm doing. People are following along this specific thing. Um, I feel like you get more feedback when you're doing a thing it's been the same with the podcast right like we're doing a podcast um if we were just talking to people and not putting it out there no nobody would say anything about it um and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the podcast but it's like also the podcast is one of the things is that one of the one of the things yeah because well i i always joke that the first person i asked to be on the podcast said no um she just doesn't like being on stuff but I'm like well there's a there was my first rejection <laughs> and I overcame that reject it wasn't I mean rejection but I'm like I overcame that first rejection to go on to interview many people on my podcast but it, it was because you know every even 
rejections big and small because I, I have gotten a few rejections from things I didn't want and um they still like hurt yeah <laughs> like I had a I had applied to work at Cotopaxi but like I already I liked my job that I was at so um but like Cotopaxi reached out to me and I was like yeah I mean I, I'm again I'm saying yes to things this year so I was like yeah I should like look into that um but uh you know I had this other job that I liked and so like this is actually a funny story I got rejected by the hiring manager and then before I okay so this guy reaches out to me is like I'd love to chat with you blah 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 I go through the process of meeting with the hiring manager first get an automatic rejection letter before I even talk to the guy who reached out to me. So I was like, okay, guess. And then my friend's like, no, no, something probably happened. You should message him. So I message him and he's like, wait, no, 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 no. You're not rejected. I want to chat with you. And so then I chat with him and then I get rejected again. <laughs> so I'm counting that as two. Do you even want to work for you guys? I know. Well, you wanted me. Because then, like, after talking to him, I was, you know, I got to thinking. I'm like, oh, yeah, this could be great. And I'm doing all these research. And then I, I bought one of their bags. So not only did I, like, get rejected, I'm out 200 bucks. <laughs> it was on sale. But, like, and. Uh, I, love, I love my Cotopaxi bag. I'll I know, be honest. They're so good. Shout, Shout out, out to Cotopaxi. Jinx. Whoa. <laughs> Not sponsored. And then they, you know, the funny thing is then they reach out to me later and they're like, well, do you want to do freelance work? And so, um, which ended up working out great because I actually quit my job <laughs> that I just said I liked. Um, and that was another thing too where things were happening at my job where I felt like I couldn't be the person they wanted to be. That makes it sound so dramatic. But like I felt like I wasn't, I couldn't figure out where I fit in. I had gotten hired for a position that hadn't existed before, and then it wasn't exactly um, working into the infrastructure of the team. And, um, yeah, there was just this, like, moment of, like, of them saying to me, this isn't working. And And that felt like a big rejection, right? Because I... Um, had had a bad experience at a previous work place and I went and I decided to just do freelance and I left freelance because this job was like we want you to come and do all these things we want you to be super creative we want you to start doing video um you know all these things that then when I got to into the weeds of the job it wasn't exactly the same and um but I like went into it really optimistic that this would like be a good place for me and a place where I could like make a difference and do some of these things that I'm I'm realizing there are certain things I need out of a work situation um and it seemed like a really good fit uh and then it wasn't and that was like really hurtful like I (laughs) I uh just felt it was like triggering to like these other situations that I had had where I was like I'm just trying to like do what I do best and do what I feel like is going to contribute to this team to this organization and all this and I'm like and it's wrong it's wrong for this situation but I'm doing my best 
And it's like sometimes your best is not the right thing for the situation. I don't know how else to say that. But I, um, it's like makes it so much worse because it's like you suck. Like you do not, (laughs) you're the thing that's not working here. It doesn't matter. Even though you're giving your all to yeah. be what they need to, uh-huh. need to be and so, give your best. Yeah. So I'm, I had this just moment where I'm, I'm on the phone with my mom and I'm just crying on the phone to my mom like I do. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm trying. They feel like they're trying. I, um, you know, I'm like, I just felt so, like, rejected. And then uh, while I'm on the phone with my mom, I get this message um, from someone I know. And I start, like, ugly sobbing, <laughs> crying. And my mom's like, oh, no, what's wrong? And I was like, no, like, someone just sent me a really nice message. <laughs> I was like... And it was a message from somebody being like, I just wanted, it was like one of those things where out of the blue somebody messaged you, I just wanted you to know how much I value your friendship and how much I enjoy like coming up with ideas for stories with you. And I just, I'm like ugly sobbing. And then all of a sudden I just stop. And I'm standing in the middle of a public park, of course, while I'm, this is happening. I just stop and I'm like, this person who just texted me is in the field that I want to be, you know, he's in entertainment, he's in Broadway, um, in that world, these other people are like, or this like other situation is like this tech company that I enjoyed working for, but like, there was just like this like clarity of like, what are you chasing? Hmm. And it's like you, I'm like, literally these two things are right in front of me. Granted, getting a job in tech is way easier than being on Broadway. <laughs> but it, it it felt like this, like, do you want to do the creative stuff you always say you're going to do? Or do you want to keep trying to fit in somewhere that you don't fit in? Wow. And I was like, well, I don't, like, the only clearer sign could have been, like, would have been, like, getting struck by lightning, right? <laughs> like, at that point, you're like... I can't just ignore a sign that is so effing clear. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually worried that I will be struck by lightning if I ignore a sign that is like so obvious. And so I went in the next day and quit <laughs> my job. Like, cause I'm like, I have been, I think we do this in relationships. I think we do it in jobs. I mean, Jace kind of talked about this too. It's like, we twist ourselves to fit into a box that's not our box. And I was like, at some point, it that's what's exhausting. That's what's been giving me anxiety. That's what's been ruining my life, to put it dramatically. <laughs> you know, that, that's been my biggest conflict in life is I keep trying to get approval from people who aren't going to give it to me. And honestly, their opinion probably doesn't really matter. Yeah. And it's like, you know, some people, some of them have been relationships I really valued, but it's like... It's so simple and so hard to do. You know, I've been in different situations like this in working relationships where, and, I, and it's so hard because 
But, you know, you're, like, in these situations where you're, like, I've got to be the problem, right? Like, I, I, well, and I'm, like, it's happened to me a lot of times now that I'm, like, common denominator, I'm the problem. And I do think it's always good to, like, reflect on what you can do better. And there are definitely things I could have done better in all my past relationships, work and personal. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's, like, you're never going to fit in to the wrong box. It's, like, yeah, that, like, round, hole, square peg thing. Yeah. But it's, like, so hard for some reason to accept that. But it it made me kind of mad because I was just, like, I'm wasting – like, the second I quit that job, I had so many people messaging me being, like – I'm not to brag. This is what happened. I had so many people messaging me being, like, okay, so now that you're freelance, can I work with you? And I'm, like, absolutely, you know? And – um. I, uh, you know, like, I keep talking about signs, but I, I do like signs and, like, looking like, <laughs> things that happen. So I got, um, I got a four-week severance from my last job, and, um, at that four-week mark, I was looking at all the people I was going to be working with and stuff, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be making the same amount of money and less That's hours. Awesome. That's and, awesome. I mean, anyone who knows, who does freelance knows it's not that <laughs> cut and dry, and you pay more in taxes and stuff, but it... It was like that exact day I was just like I I was wasting so much time and energy. Yeah. Trying to fit into that that box. Yeah. And it and I just don't wish that on I'm talking I keep reiterating that cuz I don't wish that on anyone. Like it's hard with jobs, you got to make a living and and you do want to like it's like in all these situations I've been like I have to give my best effort. I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be a quitter. But sometimes you should quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, <laughs> you've quit jobs, yeah, <laughs> and sometimes the relationship needs to end, or sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes, yeah. yeah, like it just, yeah, relationships are another huge one where you're like, no, like this could work because we're both great. Sometimes the other person isn't great, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, this has got to work. This has got to work, and uh... well, and I'm all for like compromise and like making sacrifices and trying to you know work together because with a job or with any type any type of relationship whether it's a business relationship or like just any type of relationship I mean there's 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 some give and take but there's also like you said when it's causing you so much stress and anxiety and it's not really getting you to where you want to go sometimes you need to like yeah reevaluate and uh I think you know. I think you know deep down. Like Yep. And and the thing you got to do is you got to give yourself space to listen to yourself cuz I have a very avoidant personality and I will just feel I will either get really busy or whatever to like avoid um facing some of these feelings and uh I got really good at that. Got really good at just like not feeling my feelings, not checking in with myself, but, or again, yeah, you focus so hard on trying to fix things instead of like asking yourself, like, is this what I want? Right. Is this worth fixing? Is this doing anything for me? Um, because there's, there's getting a paycheck from a job and which is important and good. And then there's like, you know, I realized I was like, ultimately I'm not setting myself up well for the future because, um, 
I want to be doing different things that will potentially make more money. You know, it's like, it's even if you look at it just from a money perspective, I was like, staying in some of these situations is hurting me monetarily because, you know, it's like yeah. you have to quit jobs to get a raise or what, you know, there's just different things where it's like, what even matters here? And it's like, <laughs> is it money? Is it your time? Is it your whatever? Which then, like, Sydney, who we're going to be talking to later this season, um, she uh, was talking to me about this idea of, like, finding your core needs in the workplace. And I recently was doing this other exercise of, like, writing down, it's like, write down 100 things you want. And when I first heard that, I was like, that's too many things. I'm trying to simplify. I'm trying to want less Sounds things. I'm trying to want less things. Like, what do you mean? But as I wrote down 100 things, I realized there were some patterns and things that I want. And it was, like, to be creative like freedom and flexibility and to make a difference. And that's only three things. Um, they're kind of big things, but it's like now I can look at work situations and, and be like, are these going to give me at least one of these three things? You Say know? those three things again. So for me, it's uh, creativity, like ability to be creative, um, flexibility or freedom. That can mean a lot of different things. Like um, I think a, big one is like time like I need to for well going back to creative for me like my creative process I need to be I need people to be flexible with um like give me a deadline or whatever but between now and the deadline like I need to be able to work on this like different times a day and different things um to again for me to do my best work and then um making a difference uh and that can be like just feeling heard you know feeling like uh, being able to be involved in like strategy or like stuff like that. Um, and so, um, the nice thing about doing contract work versus freelance though, is it's like, I don't necessarily need that as much from a job that I'm only doing a few hours a day right? as opposed to one that I'm giving a third of my life to plus yeah. more, more than a yeah. third of my life to. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's changed how I look at things and how I can like set myself up for success because I think you nobody else is gonna have your back right nobody else is gonna be there for you like you so you have to figure out what you need and you have to listen to yourself and trust yourself and if and stop like for me like this avoidant talk about like avoidant or anxious attachment styles and another thing my truth bomb for my therapist was like how are you avoiding yourself? Like, how are you not, how are you like detaching from yourself? Um, and it's like, I think we focus so much on other relationships, but it's like, you got to figure out that relationship with yourself. And it's the same principles often as how you navigate other relationships. So it's like, how do you build trust with yourself? Just like you build trust with somebody else. Like do the things you say you're going to do, stand up for yourself you know, it's like, that's all the things that you do for somebody else. You got to do those things for yourself. Um, and I don't think people are doing that. Honestly, we talk about self-care like spa days or, <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, nah, self-care is like, get enough sleep. Yeah. Don't do things like for other people that you're not doing for yourself. You know, don't give so much away that you have an empty cup or no more spoons or there's all these different ways people say it now, but, um, <laughs> And that's, like, I realized all 
you know, I've been forced to come to this realization. I'm not, I didn't realize all these things because I'm smart. I have been forced to come to these realizations because of the ways I have been rejected by people in my life. It's like, I always had friends growing up. I dated a lot, had all these situations, and it was finally in the last five years or so that I started having, well, more than that, I started having situations where it's like, it's like survival mode. It's like, if I don't figure out how to love myself, it's going to be bad, right? It's, we're going to like not be in a good situation. Um, and so I've kind of been forced to, and then this 32 rejections thing is just like, let's put it to the test. Like, let's, let's start doing some things. Cause it is hard if you're at a point right now where you're in survival mode, if you're going through a rough break, you know, if you're in the middle of something, you can't just be like, and I also want to finish a book. <laughs> you know, it's like, there are like legitimate ebbs and flows and, and periods of your life. And I, I've had a break. Well, I mean, things keep happening, but I like, I'm not where I was right after I got divorced, you know, and, and during my divorce where I was like, not eating, not sleeping, but, you know, that was a different time in my life. Um, and then it's like recent, you know, more recently went through some other rough relationships and it's, but with those, instead of like just kind of crumbling and, and again, going to a place where you don't eat, you don't sleep, you're not taking care of yourself. I went to this, like, I'm done doing this. (laughs) Like I need to stop doing this. Or, because I've already learned that lesson, I'm, like, ready to learn some new lessons. I'm ready to, like, build. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Yeah, I'm, like, ready to build on this instead of keep, you know, instead of continuing to get and stay in bad situations. I'm, like, hold up, wait, no. And easier said than done because I think think we can get frustrated when we keep making the same mistakes, having the same kinds of failures over and over. But I'm, like, that's life. Like, you have weaknesses that are different than other people's weaknesses. You're going to keep doing those things. So, do you feel like the, I mean, you're halfway into this project, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like what you're learning and experiences has, is is it what you expected it to be? Or is it? That's funny. My friend asked me that. (laughs) Yesterday, my friend texted me. He said, what did you originally hope to get out of it? And do you feel like you've gotten that thing out of it? And I was like, I had no expectations. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know why I do things. Um, <laughs> like straight up, like when I decided to go on a mission for the LDS church for 18 months, I was like, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go. Like, I don't. <laughs> so I was like, idea. that's like a big life decision. Uh, but, you know, it's like there's there's things I think I just – I don't know maybe I was just like inspired because I honestly it like like I thought of it on my birthday and I just posted about it but those of you who have known me for years I I post about doing things a lot and I don't do so that's I guess my biggest shock is like this podcast I'm like I'm actually doing it um I don't do things you you know I'm I'm a big starter and I don't do things but like I um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any expectations because I probably didn't think I was actually going to do it. Um, (laughs) but it has exceeded those expectations of zero. Um, because 
I really do feel like it has been the, a mindset shift to now I do things. Like, before I didn't do things, now I do things. Like, I did stand-up last week for the first time. She did awesome, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, by the time this airs, it will have been a while ago. But It was awesome. Um, I always said, so I write, and I write comedically, but I always said stand-up. I would never do stand-up. I'm like, it's the scariest thing in the world because you are literally up there begging people to laugh at your jokes. That's what, to me... That's what stand-up is. And stand-up isn't the only thing that people be like, oh, I like so-and-so. And I'm like, I'm not watching a stand-up special. I kind of got into, like, John Mulaney. And I actually, I did see him, like, live. And I uh, I like, I like, like, Bo Burnham because he does, like, a musical type of show. You know, I like shows. But just the, the like, people who just stand up there and, like, beg you to laugh at their jokes. I'm like, this is humiliating. <laughs> this is... Why would anyone do this to themselves? I didn't, and I don't enjoy watching it because I'm like, if a joke ever didn't land, I felt so uncomfortable and I didn't, I was like, I'll never do this. But I was like, well, this year I'm doing things I said I would never, you know, I'm doing the scariest thing. Then there's an open mic that's literally three minutes from my house, maybe less. Um, and my friend Tanae, who was on a former episode, was like, yeah, I wanna, I've been wanting to do stand-up too. You know, I feel like there are people in life who are like, I should do stand-up. And so we went and did it and the and I was like nervous and then I was writing stuff out and then I realized the one thing I really can't do is memorize. So I was like, I have to just go up there and wing it, otherwise it's gonna look I'm gonna get frustrated if I am planning on reciting it and I don't and so I'm like this is another thing too. It was like similar with the painting thing. It's like I'm not gonna go expecting to recite this thing that I wrote out. I'm gonna go and try and have fun and make some laughs, and blah, blah, and I, I get up there, and I try, you know, I did whatever, I don't know, I blacked out, but this, my <laughs> friend filmed it, so I was able to watch it back, but, um, and it wasn't scary, and it's really fun to do things that aren't hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, wait, again, I'm like, this is why people have hobbies, like, it's fun to just do things, but I had always put so much pressure on every single thing that I did, that I, I am like, I don't even know if I have, like, people are like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, I don't have fun. I have different kinds of stress. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I'm stressed about work. I'm stressed about house stuff. I'm stressed about, I go to, like, you know, I'm stressed out at Disneyland. I'm, like, I'm stressed out at the beach. <laughs> like, no matter where you take me, I'm like, I should probably be doing something else. I should probably be getting more out of this. Or I should be monetizing this somehow. You know, I'm like, I don't, and I didn't. I like I've had to realize that about myself so I can address it and be like yo I mean literally it affects my body like it affects you know I'm like I am like killing myself for lack of a better word because I can't relax but I hope that this is something that is lasting I don't doubt that it's not gonna last forever but in the last couple weeks I really have been able to uh enjoy life more and I was thinking about it actually like I've known a lot of like adrenaline junkies here in Utah who like go bungee jumping skydiving rappelling off you know random cliffs and I've never been into that because I value my physical life um <laughs> and I don't want to I've never I always I've never wanted to die again I have a lot of anxiety but I was like there are ways to do that um there are ways to like scare yourself to get your like adrenaline to get that adrenaline 
that aren't jumping off a cliff and I just needed to find and now I'm like oh yeah like I see why people do those things because it's good to scare yourself a little bit and it's like when we had Will on this podcast like it's it's good to push yourself to do like I would I think people who run marathons are crazy let alone ultra marathons (laughs) but I'm like that idea of pushing yourself doesn't have to be physical like we have all these physical examples but I'm like Push yourself to do something that is equally scary. Get your heart racing a little bit. You know, it makes you feel alive. Get your adrenaline rush. Yeah. From doing a stand-up comedy show or submitting yeah. a painting. <laughs> I also jumped. I also jumped in a cold river the other day. Ooh. <laughs> that was just another thing too. My friends like, you want to do this, and I'm like, I say yes like, to things I now. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, it sounds like your like your experience kind of started out with like, oh, I'm gonna try to get comfortable with rejection, but it sounds like it's really kind of helped you step back from that perfectionism mindset and just enjoy it a little more yeah. or be okay and, and be okay with the failure as well. But you've had great success from it. Like it started out to be rejection, but it sounds like you're finding a lot of success in, in living, right? Yeah. Like we're doing this podcast. Yeah. I was going to say the done. podcast is it. I'm so glad that we're doing this podcast. Um, I too. I feel like in the duration of this podcast, you and I both have been through some stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say it's a heavier word than that. Um, And it's like having this thing every week that we were like, we're doing it, you know, we're doing it every week. And it's like through the heartbreak and the failures and and the other things that I was juggling, I'm like, this is the thing that kept me grounded. And it's, I just, it's like, you just got to do the things. And I hate when people say that because it's so hard. But it's like, when you do the things you want to do, you'll be happy. Which I think is what everybody wants me to say is that, and then I actually didn't get rejected. But the (laughs) truth is, you do get rejected. Yeah. And and you don't. Um, And you realize that the rejections... um, you know, somebody says, there's some saying that, like, rejection is protection. Um, when you get rejected from one thing, it pushes you to another thing. Oh, yeah. So then I was like, I look at it as rejection as direction. Because if you're looking at all these paths and one is a dead end, then you have to go down another path. And if that one ends right. up being a dead end, then you go down another path. And maybe you hit a lot of dead ends. But if well, you just don't go down a path, then you're not directed anywhere right and i think there's beauty in the in in the rejection in the sense like going with this path analogy is like if you're heading down this path that really isn't going to lead you to where you want to be for example like your job or something right like it's it's checking the boxes and it's it's providing whatever it is at that time but that rejection forces you to have to to go a different direction right instead of continuing down a path until who knows when well, that was the thing too, and and one of the things that I still have been putting off but need to finish is um, writing a musical with my writing partner John. And uh, the I was like, we've had this idea for years, and I'm like, we might write it, and it's not good. And I think this is for all my writers and creators out there. Like sometimes you're holding on to an idea that might not be as good as you think it is. I think ours is, so that's not relevant here. But <laughs> but it's like. Don't waste your time like holding on to something. If you could start, you could spend like an hour 
doing it and then be like, oh, that was a bad idea. And But you, like, hold on to these ideas of things. And I'm like, just do it, fail, do it, fail, do it, fail. You just get things done so much faster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the spirit of our podcast, what is something you wish people knew? Oh, man. Like I said, I, you know, it always comes back to Nike, just do it. But I was not somebody who could do that before, so... Um, I'm not sure, like, I'm honestly not sure what shifted. I mean, I've been to a lot of therapy and a lot of experiences, but I think you have to do the thing that you want to do and you have to do it for you. Um, uh, my friend Susie, uh, (laughs) so my friend Susie's daughter, Lindsay, who I've also met, so I guess we're friends too. Um, she writes novels um for a young adult and um also mid-grade I think and she uh her first book the dedication I don't want to butcher it but the dedication says this first one's for me or something very similar and I I don't recommend desecrating books but I stared at that and I just pulled that page out of the thing and I'm like I'm hanging this up on my wall because you have to do the thing for you. And if you do the thing for you, it's going to benefit other people. It's going to bless other right. people. You being your authentic self is the mm-hmm. best thing that you can yep. do. And we've had a lot of people come on yeah. this podcast and say it. Yep. But it's like, you just have to do it. Don't try and be anybody else. Don't try and do things for anybody else. You got to be you. And I think I loved that, especially because it she is the first one and I'm like if you can't if you're trying to do something for the first time or whatever do it for you don't worry about anybody else oh I love that awesome this has been fun I feel like I mean you and I talk regularly (laughs) you know but it's been fun to just kind of sit and devote an hour to what's on your mind and the things you're learning and the 32 rejections thing there's been a lot of interest around that and we can expect more in the next coming months (laughs) yeah I guess Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok yeah if you want to hear more about it, but this was a good overview. And then coming up, so in season two, we've got some, I'm actually really excited. See, you were talking about like the like perfectionism side of things and like how it would Mm -hmm. prevent you from starting. I'm kind of similar to that, but it's, I don't, maybe this is perfectionism. I have to be organized. So I have to have everything like organized or I don't want to start. And if it's not organized, I have a hard time starting. So I spent some time doing some organizing and we've got our calendar filled out for season two and we've got awesome guests coming up. Yeah, it's We've got so opera singers. We've got home births. We've got... Some real tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not over one of the stories. Like we heard this one story with um, Melissa that... Uh, I have not recovered from hearing it, so we we've got. We'll make you laugh. We'll make you cry. We'll make you think. I'll um, definitely make you think about your life, <laughs> whether you want to or not, <laughs> in a fun way. Right. But and then next week will be the you. episode about me. So, what are you going to tell us about you? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to listen and find out. We'll see out. what comes out. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on our season opener of Laws and Grace season two. We hope you've enjoyed getting to know Laws a little bit better. I know for me, Laws is a good friend and I've continued to gain respect and admiration for her. She's just, I don't know, grown into herself is what you said. I love that. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to my story. Yeah. 
Um, as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Laws and Grace. And one of our biggest goals, I think, for this season is, like you talked about, influence. We're sharing these incredible stories with incredible people who who've learned so much about life and we need your help. So we need your help to get the these stories out there. Uh, share with your friends, rate us wherever you listen, and just be part of our community. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.